Dino. Oh yeah, it's Dino. So uh, that means our content warning this week. Hi, folks. Um, let's see. I see privilege. I see um, the sexual content. I'm trying to figure out what I wrote down terms for. Um, so yeah, that that it's Dino. We are unfiltered. We swear. All of the warnings apply. Yes. Yes. Sometimes things get heavy. Sometimes they don't. Yes. Yes. Like um, almond joy. I think we saved most of our heavy stuff for a private conversation after recording. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, the other thing to note now that we've talked about swearing and the Dino content warning. Yes, we're we're actually doing it in reverse. Yes. Um, is we have pets. Yes, Hound is up in my grill. And Sergey's up in my grill. So typical evening. Yes. Except where's Orange Cat? Because I think over she... here. Okay. Oh yeah, she's she's lurking. Yes. Please yes. don't roll on the keyboard, buddy. Yeah, I will rub under your chin. Uh, hi, folks. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode two hundred and four. We are in fine form. We are. It is. It is no longer spring. I think we we had like what a week of spring, and now suddenly it's just summer. We had a week of spring, and then we had like a week or two of summer, and then we had a week of spring again, and now it's summer. It will be summer until probably the end of October. Until yeah, yeah. When it will suddenly be winter. Yes, because because we don't. It'll be like hot, and the leaves will be falling at the same time. Yeah, it, it's it's. Not a traditional fall. Someday, I like there are so many green tomatoes out there. I, I have never had this many green tomatoes. Yeah. And not one is ripe, and it's killing me. What's what's uh, also nice is uh, I have full rain barrels. Yeah. Well, had full rain barrels because I refilled chicken water. Yes. And we're going to talk a little... Dino and I talk a little bit about the rain barrels and the whole thing, um, which is why I was thinking about it. Um, as for other bits... Um, how have you been productive this past week? Oh, productive. God. Why did I say it that way? I don't know, but I've been super productive. I think I've gotten, <laughs> I've got, uh, uh, 6,400 words so far this week and we're recording on a Tuesday. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's intense. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've been just chugging away. I go to the coffee shop and <laughs> words, words, and more words. So many words. Um, it's great. Our buddy Liz, who is our housemate, has gone off on her grand adventure. I haven't worn pants uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry in the about house in there, guys. for ages. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, look, bare legs. Yeah. That's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only reason that I, you know, wear a shirt is because frequently the cats want me to carry them around, and that's painful. Yeah. Yeah. Especially since Sergi's a hugger and Sergi likes to hug with, with claws. Spicy hugs. Spicy hugs, yes. yes. So, Sergi uh, likes yeah. his spicy hugs. Uh, yeah, so it's been actually pretty good. Um, I, I do so much for word count that when I come home, I don't feel that guilty about playing video games. Ooh. Uh, I still feel a little guilty. Let's 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 not go nuts, but uh, but not super guilty. Buddy, are your whiskers going white? I thought he always had white whiskers. Well, he did, but not quite in this quantity, and not the one over the missing eye. He's got uh, one white whisk. He's got one like eyebrow uh, he whisker. Does, yeah, it's, yeah. So I don't now remember I, that being white. Yeah, it's. It, Sergey is twelve. So uh, twelve, yeah. And he is uh, 
well, he is at least 12. He was an adult cat when we got him. They said about three, and but that was when they picked him up. And then he was in uh, foster care for over a year because nobody wanted to adopt him because of the eye. And Sergey, if you're mm-hmm. new to listening, uh, does not have one of his eyes is missing. Um, and it wasn't because of violence. Uh, no, he he was born without it. Like he doesn't even have the the micro uh, thing yeah. where. Uh, micro ophthalmy, whatever, where it's yep. uh, uh, small. He has nothing there. There's not even a socket. It's yeah, just... but the the other thing that's weird about him, no, there there is a socket in there. Yeah, but it's it's covered over with like like his socket is full of meat, not to. Put yeah, the yeah, and on. but the weird thing is that um, a lot of times, cats who are born like this. They don't have a full socket, or the socket is kind of collapsed, and he's got the full thing. It's like, yeah, it's just yeah. filled in, and his, yeah, so he it's is weird. a very strange um, yeah. cat in that regard. And that side of his face isn't smaller than the rest, which is frequent yeah, yeah. with those things. He's like, it's like uh, he's got the normal skull with no eyeball, just like he's got eyelid the whole thing. Oh yeah, you know, but yeah, it's. So, um, it looks a little alarming if you're not expecting it. Small <laughs> children would, you know, burst into tears when they looked at him. So he was not really very adoptable as these yeah. things go until, uh, and also, you know, there was a note on his cage that said, I'm good with other cats as long as I'm in charge. And I was like, sold. Because at yeah. the time we had just lost our, our dictator cat and were. It had been a couple months. Yeah. You and, know. Well, you know, yeah, it had been like three or four months, but, but yeah. so we, we needed a new dictator. And uh, Well, he's our dictator. He, he yeah. isn't so much around the other cats. Oh, he is. He's in charge now, except for Orange. Oh, yeah. Well, but she's a special case. Yeah. I mean, the female cats are always in charge, but yeah, he yeah. beats up the, the two young Toms. and Regularly. It, yes. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, productive week for you so far, and it's only day two. Yeah, uh, I mean, I felt guilty this weekend for not working, but I also got like over 7,000 words done last week, so yeah. I didn't feel as guilty as I could have. I still felt a little guilty. Yeah, I, I don't, if, if, if we get to this weekend and you're not working and you're feeling guilty and you continue this trend, then don't feel guilty. I try not to. Yeah. But I mean, there's so much stuff I should. The, the one problem I had today was uh, I have been working on this book that I'm going to self publish that I was shooting for August. Uh, <laughs> August may be a stretch now, it might be more like September. And I am slowly resigning myself to the fact that I think this is possibly the only thing I'm going to get out between now and the next and the the book that comes out from tour in april and i had hoped to get two books done because that's that's a huge stretch surely i can get two books done well Well. (laughs) see i i the thing is during that stretch i also have to write this other book this other horror novel that a publisher has bought and then the publisher actually had just passed on a, a thing i had sent them that was like half done so today, instead of working on the book that was hopefully going to come out in August, which really, really needs work, um, I was pulling up another sort of partial manuscript I had and looking at it. And th- I, so I threw like, you know, 2,400 words down on it, 
to try to put it in a shape that I could send to the publisher as a, would you like to do publish this one instead? So, cause I, look, you're supposed to like query synopses and things. Oh yeah. Yeah. In theory, I just like have all of these half written books and I just sort of keep finding them and sending them to the, my editor and being like, you want this one? No. Okay. How about this one? How about this one? My editor's very good-natured. Uh, so they passed on one that I had been hoping they would take, so I sent over two more, but the one I had to work on for a while, and so even though I was super productive, it wasn't on the thing I was hoping to be productive on, if that makes any sense. No, that so, makes total yeah. sense. It really does. Hi, Orange Cat. Now you're going to sleep on my notes, too? You are, actually. Well, you've had a good week, though. You you are very proud of what you've been accomplishing. Uh, yeah, I... Um... I've uh, I've been building out a thing I've wanted to build for like two years, um, and like one of my coworkers was like, you know, while he's making little comments in the actual like pull request, the code, he's like, look, don't get me wrong, I love that you're doing this. This is really great that you're doing this. So I feel good. He's like one of the people I respect because there's no way in hell I can keep up with him mentally. And if he's giving me praise about doing something, then you know what? I am there. I am there. And a little praise in, in any job situation really kind of goes a long way. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. But, no, no. Uh, the, mm -hmm. the, one of the best things on in the, the edit comments, what keeps me going, because edits are a slog always, but it's the bit where... The editor has put in something like, I love this line, or yeah, this yeah. is great, or in a horror novel, just fuck, fuck, no, fuck, which is a form of praise. Yeah. Oh, KB Spangler. <laughs> I know exactly who puts that in your... Yeah. Well, no, actually, uh, my, my editor tore us as well. Okay. Well, yes. all right then. Uh, that, that works. <laughs> that works. Yeah. Um, tomorrow morning is the big one, though. Tomorrow is when I, I guess, officially start managing a project. Versus dun, dun, dun. dun 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 yeah um and uh my my team lead and i were talking about some strategies about what his expectations are versus my expectations and you know getting ourselves both sort of on the same page going into this um because this is like his boss's boss said hey this overlaps with a couple of your things i need you to run this project now that the person who who is who's currently running it is leaving and he looked at it and he went, my plate is so completely full, this will just, something will crash. So he delegated to me yeah. because this is the stuff I want to do. This is the stuff I love doing. And so tomorrow's the big day. I am sure you yeah. will do fabulous. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, Speaking of fabulous things, I hear you have an interview with Dina. I do. I do. Probably, uh, probably oh, yeah. No, because it's because the first part. It's another two-parter, mm -hmm. um, is, you know, it's us. We, we do this once a year. I think at least twice in this one, uh, it was mentioned that, uh, we should do this more often. And I think that was when I realized that we say that every year. <laughs> um, but yeah, for those who don't know, uh, Dino Sarma is one of my favorite people, is a recurring guest here on Productivity Alchemy. I will link all of his prior episodes. And we will, uh, you know, and we'll just go from there. I mean, it starts off with a joke and then we just kind of roll with it. So we'll have that for you right after this. 
tell you? There yeah. we go. Oh, oh, hi, everybody. Um, for those who don't know, I, I use a service called BlueJeans for most of my recording. And when I push record, it has this little voice that says, recording has started. It's like the little robot lady is telling us that it's cool. Um, yes. Or, you know, if if you're not cool with it, then, you know, watch yourself. She's, so, she sounds like the lady from the Bose headphones that t- tells you, uh, battery low, please charge now. Almost exactly the same voice. It's, it's, it's probably the same voice actress. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a big thing. So, uh, hi, folks. I'm here with Dino. <laughs> you all know Dino, right? Okay. Um, uh, and so, you know, things are about to go places. We were just talking about, before I hit the record button, and I realized yes. that this is good stuff. Yeah. That uh, it's raining there, yeah. so it's raining in Jersey, and I'm incredibly jealous because we haven't had rain in like three weeks. Yes, right. And I had to empty, basically empty one of our rain barrels, this 55 gallon barrel of water that we had harvested from the roof, basically, to rehydrate the frog pond, <laughs> which is, as I said, the most country thing I have heard this <laughs> entire year. And I've listened to every episode with Kevin talking about the chickens. No, no, yeah. this one, this one took the cake. It was like, how country as are you? Well, first off, there's a rain barrel. Second, that we have a frog pond into which we emptied it. <laughs> I mean, we're 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 in a region that, as climate change is happening, right? Mm-hmm. It's changing our rainfall patterns. We're starting to get more of a dry season and a rainy season. Almost a monsoon season right. and a dry season. So now, like, rain barrels and, and water harvesting is becoming, like, a thing a for thing. me to be interested right. in. Yeah, yeah. And, like, all of the water I give the chickens until the barrels are empty is reclaimed. It's coming off the roof and into the barrels. That's smart. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it's a pain in the ass when one of the barrels over, and I'm like, oh, there went 55 gallons. But... <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's better that you're trying to collect 55 gallons of water in a rain barrel than 55 gallons of petrol in a plastic bag. <laughs> oh, God, I know. Oh, my God, I know. I know. That, that, I, I looked at that image, all the images, because that wasn't the only one. And I'm like, yeah. that is, that is like levels of danger and stupidity that I, I know. Like, and then I'm looking at it going, was that Florida? No, it was Texas. Well, okay, close. <laughs> um, all that's missing know. was a lit cigarette. That's all you needed to like complete that tableau. Yeah, I'm just looking at it going, those aren't like bags rated for that kind of storage. That's going to melt at some point. <laughs> and how do they yes, plan because... on getting, how do they plan on getting it into their cars? Well, no, you tie it up, right, so that the thing doesn't leak out like you do when you get kitty litter. <laughs> yeah, but, but how do you get it back out then? How do you drain like into your gas tank? Like, there's so many practical problems with this. I'm looking at it, going, I mean, could you do it like a pipette bag where you cut off a corner and then you put screw a little thing on it so it's got the nozzle there? You know, how incredible do you have to squeeze it to get it into the tank? There's a Facebook tag group that comes to mind called I Have So Many Questions and I Want None of the Answers. <laughs> uh, the, really, the, the only question I had is do the, how do these people like survive on a daily basis? Yeah. How did you get up this morning and not just do grievous bodily harm to yourself before getting to the bathroom? Like, 
poke your eye out with your toothbrush. How do you not do that? <laughs> but there, you know, there, yeah, there are times I, of people who as the the as as uh, I, I believe as the the old saying goes, God protects drunks and fools. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. Well, it, there's, 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 you know, what they call, uh, quote, redneck ingenuity, where it's like you yes. put together things with duct tape and, um, you know, hope that probably shouldn't work, but it ends up working out just fine. I, and then you I'm get this. Guilty of that more than once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kevin, Kevin was doing this little side eye when I was mentioning this. And it was like, I'm feeling very called out right now. <laughs> Well, in the before times in the South, when we didn't know any better, we did call it by a much more offensive name that I'm not going to go here. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no. Redneck is exactly the most uh, PC term either. Well, I I, I mean, it, it's literally from, you know, you, you were working, a farmer working in the field that your neck is always sunburned. That's, that's sort of the origin. Right. Yeah, exactly, okay. exactly. So it, it, although it has become much more of an insult than an actual, like, description. Well, like, um, I, I grew up in Florida, right? So, like, a lot of my friends um, yeah. would self-identify as redneck, not in, like, a, um, you know, reclaiming the word type of thing, but more like a sort of, yeah, I'm poor. Yeah, I'm white. Yeah, my, you know, dad has a car that's stacked up on cinder blocks in the front yard. Yes, I know who exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I no. I know exactly no, who okay. I am and this is what I am. And so like it was very much a sort of almost like a, you know, I know where I came from sort of thing. Yeah. Cuz yeah. like I feel like some of the terms um Oh, you might need a content warning for language because um this is a When do we not have a content warning for language? <laughs> Are you forgetting what show you're on? <laughs> I'll give an extra one. See which guest this is. Um, so, like in the queer community, um, uh, the, the 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 lesbians reclaimed the word "dyke." It used to be a very offensive term. You did not use that term in polite company. But then, you know, the lesbians were like, "Fuck this! Yeah, I'm a fucking dyke. I know what I am." You know, yeah, I can't say it. Right, right. Uh, right. The gay men have reclaimed fag, and I mm-hmm. quite casually use that word quite frequently. And um, I'm aware, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and the thing is, is like if it's coming from a loved one, if it's coming from someone who knows what the context is and knows what the, and this is where I kind of draw the line with like you can't say that word if you know what I mean. It's like, go mm-hmm. ahead and say the fucking word. It's not going to do anything to me at the end of the day. Like, it doesn't bother me. But then also I'm coming from a place of enormous privilege where I'm, you know, in my 30s. I have a job that pays my full-time salary. My job, my, my boss knows what a flaming fag that I am and has absolutely <laughs> no intention of firing me anytime soon. Um, like, that d- fully did not bother him. It was like, oh, okay, what's your boyfriend's name? All right, cool. Um, and you know, I live by myself. So like I can basically set my own yeah. bubble as it were, my own, um, narrative as it were. So like, yeah, it doesn't fucking bother me when, if someone calls me a fag, whether or not they love me, it doesn't make a difference to me because at the end of the day, I'm extremely privileged. But if I were a little closeted kid in the middle of nowhere where there's no other gay people around, yeah, I can understand why yeah. that word would yeah. have a lot of, um, power and a lot of you know the the harm that comes to that kid from that so like 
I, I feel like with, with language, and, and this actually segues perfectly because I started teaching English during quarantine. Oh, um, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, when I sent you that message, that it was a really short message because I had to get back, I had to go uh, teach a class. So it was like, okay, need to send condolences so I don't forget that I do that. Uh, right. Volunteer as tribute not time to articulate words. So gonna do this real quick back to teaching. Like I, I literally meant mm-hmm. I had to go to this class. So what what happened uh when when I started working from home a lot um is that I didn't much care for social media because it's sort of um I had I had heard the previous episode where you guys were talking about introvert, extrovert, that kind of thing and, and the spectrum yeah, that yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I fall on the extreme extrovert spectrum, to be honest. Um mm-hmm. I draw a lot of energy when I'm around people. Um I hate working from home because it's like I'm I'm cloistered in my own house. And part of it is my philosophy of like I like to leave work at work so that when I shut the door to the right. office, um there stays work and then home i come home it's my respite it's my sanctuary from the rest of the fucking world um so i i distanced myself from social media because honestly with social media i was really using it to figure out like when can we hang out like let's you know jump on facebook uh make an event and then figure out like what our calendars look like and let's just do the fucking thing um without that piece to it i really felt like um it would be like if you gave up sex and we're still jerking off, if you know what I mean. Like, it doesn't okay, quite. Okay, time out because <laughs> I'm gonna go with I can give up sex. I don't think I can ever give up jerking off. Hold I on, meant sexual... in the I meant it in the celibacy way, where it's like right. I want to be retained pure, so I'm not gonna spill my seed. I'm not even kidding. This was a thing. Um, oh, because where it's it was a thing. I always thought it was stupid. Yeah, <laughs> idiotic thing. Um, but it seems like if if the point is not to you know spill your heathen seed, um, maybe don't masturbate either. You know what I mean? Because it's like yeah, if you're yeah, yeah. trying to go celibate and you're trying to go you know realize that you can't have this thing, reminding yourself of it is probably not gonna help matters and it's yeah. sort of like the same with uh smoking i still smoke cigarettes um if you're if you're trying to not smoke you don't want to go out with the other smokers while they're on their smoke break that's yeah 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 so like during quarantine it's like i can't go see people so why am i going to jump on social media and interact with all these people I can't see. I need to resign myself to the fact that I need to stay cloistered in this safe space right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I cut myself off of social media. Like, I didn't do the scrolling thing. So, like, being that my major source of news is social media, because, like, um, this uh, previous boss of mine, the artist, had a... Um, he'd read some book about, like, the something-hour work week or something. Uh, four-hour work week. It is, Some, it is something like that. It is absolute privilege trash, but yeah. Right, and <laughs> he had said, like, you know, he wishes that he could have put some of those things into practice because, like, his life was so packed with shit to do. Also, he had a daughter who was, like, four or five years old, so, like, yeah, no right, shit, right. Your, your life is a little packed, and, you know, his, his wife is working in this high-power job. He's working at this high-power job. They're both working all the time. And so, of course, they don't have enough time in the day to do what they'd like to do. Right. Fine. Um, and he would look at my life where it was like, 
I didn't do a lot of news watching. I mean, he's an artist who did artwork for newspapers. Yeah, kind yeah. of his job to keep up with the news. That's the thing he yeah. did. Um, but for me, I find most of the news to be really damaging to my mental health overall. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I used to watch it every morning um, before going to work, um, and I would just be in a foul mood the entire day because it's like, you did what today, Mr. President? This was Bush era. Um, oh, Lord, Bush era. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, I got to the point where I was like, I'm not this person who's constantly pissed off at everybody. Like, that's yeah. not who I am. You've talked to me multiple times. People who know me, who've talked to me multiple times, are like, Dino, this is not you. Like, what is going on? And I realized, well, this news thing is like bleeding me dry inside. So I just stopped watching it and I stopped following it. So like whenever major events would happen, it would show up on my Facebook feed or something and then I would see it and I would know roughly what's going on and that would be enough for me. And he'd be like, you've outsourced a huge amount of that, for lack of a better word, like, uh, you know, doom news scrolling, to be honest, where it's like people follow the news very carefully because they want to be informed of what's going on in the world, but it's all fucking depressing. And he's like, you have removed yourself from that equation and other people are doing it for you inadvertently like it's not yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. um and and so he he had quoted that book to me before and said like that guy basically has a bunch of techniques to sort of like outsource these parts of your life to do that and i'm just like it works for me because i have a very well-informed friends group that i've mm-hmm. that yeah. i've kept in touch with over the years um all the time that i'm not spending watching the news i'm spending time on cultivating relationships with them yeah So, like, the four-hour work week turns into a 40-hour one because I do spend a lot of time cultivating my friendships. It's it's something that that gives me a lot of joy, brings me, you know. So I didn't want to be part of that social media thing, so I just cut myself off from it. But I'm like, meanwhile, and I also didn't really want to talk on the phone to a lot of people because, again, I don't want to have that thing dangled in front of me that I can't have realistically um so i pretty much cut that out as well but the thing is is like i realized um with the shittiness of the job market here in the u.s Mm -hmm. we at least have unemployment and i know not everybody's able to get on it very quickly but eventually they got there there are multiple other countries who don't have that safety net and so you've got children whose parents um, can't afford to send them to the, you know, um, English schools anymore, who can't afford to send them to the private tutors anymore, who can't afford to like really get them good English exposure that they need. Um, And so I was like, all right, so what are these kids doing? Because their only hope of getting out of their shitty situation is to learn English. Let's be honest. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. And you can learn as much as you want through books and, school and tv and movies and youtube and and thank god that those are all there because it's like in our day we didn't have that oh no 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 you had to go to this if you were if you were english as a second language it was a whole it was a whole thing right yeah 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 yeah. you couldn't find anyone to practice with and what i've realized is like with most of the it started off um it's very like um you know, those uh, stories they used to tell you, like, the drug dealer will give you the first one for free and then you get hooked? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what had happened was I was, like, browsing around on Reddit. Um, 
and I was looking at something or other and, and a friend of mine said, Hey, Dino, I saw this question about something about English and I know you'd probably know the answer. Can you take a look? And it was the English language learning subreddit where yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, people can post questions about English and then people who know what it is can answer the question. And it's right. different from um, there's a podcast called Away With Words um, where they have uh, people call in. It's like a radio show. Yeah. Um, and you can ask your questions about English language or specific words or whatever. And then the hosts who are linguists um, will answer your question as best as they can. Um, I've been on that show twice. <laughs> um, the first time I was asking about the positive anymore and the second time, um, I can't remember what it was, but yes, I love that show. It's a really, really fun show. Um, but that's mostly from native English speakers because our language is vast and confusing. Oh yes, it, and uh, you, you've heard the, how our language likes to take other languages into the into the yes. alleyway and beat them senseless and, and take <laughs> their words. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but this particular subreddit was for non-native speakers who had questions about how to wield English, if you know what I mean. It's not necessarily how to use it. They know how to use it. They know the rules of grammar. They know the rules of construction. They can figure out, um, you know, uh, definitions fairly well, more right, or right. less. But it's, it's more these like specific use cases where it's like, does this sound natural when I use it this way? Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. although the definition is a certain thing, it's not necessarily how a native speaker would talk. Right. So then I was like answering questions, answering questions. This was fun. I, I enjoyed myself. That was cool. Then somebody had mentioned, um, is there like a discord? They, they had asked a question. Is there like a discord where we can jump on and practice our English? And, yeah. and I was like, yeah, yeah. Is there a discord where you can practice your English? So someone posted a link and I clicked through and, um, and this thing was fucking massive. It, it, I think at the time there were something like, uh, 20, 30,000 users on this Discord. Mm -hmm. This is a yeah. fairly large server. Um, and the thing that they did, which made a lot of sense, is that they had multiple voice chats. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah like, yeah. not one or two, but, like, 20, 30 voice chats of all different levels, of all different, um, what do you call, sizes, because mm -hmm. sometimes you're a little too nervous to go into a 10-person room but you're cool going into a two-person room or a four-person room. Right. Um, then they had like specific voice chats that were locked, except for when someone with a teacher role would go on and unlock it and then hold a class. Um, mm. And they could set the amount of students who can attend, and you know they would hold a class on whatever. Um, when I first joined, um, I realized very quickly that they also had their own English questions, you know, room yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where you could people would type out their questions and you could answer them. And that was cool. Um, but some nights I would just be like, OK, I'm home. Um, I'm twiddling my thumbs. I really don't feel like talking to friends that I can see right now because I can't see them. And it's going mm -hmm. to make me sad. And I don't want to think about that. But I kind of need to escape from my little four walls in here. Yeah, yeah. So jump on the voice chats. And when you're in a 20,000 person server, someone's always on. Oh, yeah. 
And frequently what would happen is that I would mostly jump into the beginner voice chats because in the more intermediate ones, they already knew what they were doing. They didn't need my help. They were fine. Um, they were having conversations. It was cool. But with the beginner chats, what would frequently happen is that <clears throat> someone would pop on and you know how like when you learn a new language, they always mm -hmm. teach you like how to introduce yourself and, you know, how to ask some basic rudimentary questions. Even if you learn more about that language, even if your lexicon spreads past that initial thus and so, you've heard that particular script so many times that you know it backwards. Right. So every student who's learning English in school has learned by now, uh, hello, my name is XYZ. Um, I am from thus and so. How are you? Yes. And I they all know how to answer it. Hopefully they also know how to ask where's the bathroom. <laughs> that was no that that was like one of the biggest language barriers we had in Tibet was we we had to figure out how to ask for the water closet and could not express it. Yeah, usually beer, bathroom and uh bed are the three big ones that you should learn whenever you're learning a new language. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I want to get pissed, I want to go pissed, I want to go to sleep. Um so they do, they do, but like when you're on a voice chat, doesn't come up oddly enough. So <laughs> yeah, probably, probably not. Probably, probably not. not. Um, so they know how to say hi, how are you, where are you from, and then they know how to answer that because those are like the script that they've been getting from day one. The issue is they don't know what to say after that because first off, they're nervous of looking stupid. Mm -hmm. Secondly, they're nervous of making a mistake because um, I think uh, you had on, um, I can't remember her name, but she was from Singapore and she was saying like um, the teachers there are extremely harsh on mistakes. Selfie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Selfie. Yeah. Yes, I remember. Yes. Um, yes. Very cool interview. If you haven't listened to that one, it's a very, very good interview and she's lots and lots of fun to talk to. So like reach out to her if you get a chance. Um <laughs> But like a lot of these kids are coming from countries like Singapore or Japan or Korea, mm -hmm. where like mistakes are very harshly judged. Yeah. Um, India, um, you know, uh, Pakistan, like Middle East, where it's like you make a mistake, the teacher shames you in front of the entire class so you don't do it again. Um, that's a that's a very shitty attitude to have when you're teaching a language. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm sure the teachers try their best to try to not do that. And I've noticed that in language classes specifically, especially English classes, um, the teachers do tend to be very patient and they do tend to be very like, um, forgiving, shall we say. Oh, yeah. But when seven out of your 10 classes are that harsh and then number eight is this one, which is like this little oasis. And then the other two are like gym class or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of hard to spin on a dime like that. And so when you've been taught by rote, you're going to be judged very harshly for mistakes and we're going to smack you down. Now, when you're out in the world, you're terrified of making mistakes. And when you're learning a language, you have to make mistakes. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no way to learn. It's, yeah. it's necessary. You have to make those mistakes because it's like until you fuck it up, you're you're never going to learn that correctly. Yeah. If you just you know what I mean? Well, it I actually have sort of an example of that. Mm. Right? So I am um, I 
have been feeling the itch to watch the original V miniseries. You remember that thing in the 80s? Mm-hmm. So it was basically uh, a War of the Worlds, an authoritarian government thing. I mean, I'd kind of wanted to watch it, but I'd kind of been putting it off. So, like, I finally said, fine, I'm going to put it on, forgetting that it had a very young Robert Eglund in it, who mm-hmm. you, pretty much everyone else knows as um, Freddy from Nightmare on Elm Street. Nope, not seen it. No, okay. Well, in any Violent. case, the... the yeah, well, yeah, that's true. The the aliens have have come, and there's this one guy who's played by Eglund who is lost, but he doesn't have the right word for lost mm. because he was taught. I, I think they he said uh, the character was like, no, I was supposed to go to Saudi Arabia and was transferred, and so. I guess knows Arabic really well, but had a crash course in English and was having a really hard time because he, he was using, he was using the wrong word. He was trying to say he was lost. And I think he was saying, I'm fine. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. 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 See, but I mean, it's, it's the same sort of thing, right? I mean, it's, it's a, it's actually a really good example of it because it's like, okay. Um, here is here's someone who has had to learn for you know there is the no refuge yeah no no refuge and and of course everybody's hostile because uh, I mean you know it's in a manufacturing facility even in the eighties the manufacturing facilities were like uh, the damn aliens have come to steal our jobs so <laughs> okay you know uh, man union union doesn't change over. No, no. You know, uh, when it when it comes to that sort of thing. So, but um, <laughs> took our jobs. <laughs> yeah, man. They, they, uh, it was the uh, it was the one black character who's like first first we had to fight for the right just to have these jobs. Then we had to fight to keep the jobs from the Mexicans. And now this. Now this. <laughs> <laughs> and now this. Yeah. But that's the issue. Is like if if he had never made yeah. that mistake before, never gotten it corrected because i always feel like especially with language when you make a stunning mistake um you really learn it well after that when you get oh the yeah and and the nice thing is when it's if if you are in the right people you don't people don't get mad no we think it's funny i think it's funny that's it yeah yeah but in the same token if you're a kid who's learning English for the first time and mm. all you've had, and, and, and a lot of these kids will tell me like we have English instruction in school. It's mandatory. It's compulsory for us to learn English. Right. But the level of English language that we're taught is so shitty that it's useless. So anybody who has any desire, like a, like an innate desire to learn English has to do it on their own. They have to like right. figure out their own lesson plan. They have to figure out their own path. So they, they spend, Hours upon hours in this Discord server, typing to each other, chatting to each other, jumping on the voice chats, joining mm-hmm. the classes, this, that, and the third. But when they're in the beginner voice chat and the and the, the the alpha and the omega of the conversation is, hi, how are you? Where are you from? And it's, uh, uh, hi, I'm good. My name is thus and so. I'm from here. And then and then it's crickets after that. And then nobody else knows what else to talk about. Um, Sometimes it helps to have somebody in there who's like a disinterested third party who doesn't 
care if he fucks up because he's a native speaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just somebody to walk in and go. So, what games are you playing? Right, right. Yeah, or, or no, like, it's. Um, see, how was your day in school? Or like, did anybody else do? Did anybody do anything to piss you off this week? Or like, something to start a conversation because there, the 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 school learning isn't conversational learning. Correct. That's the that's the the key part. Right. Well, it's I, very scripted. Yeah. Yeah. And and they don't. And let me be honest, Kevin. I've I've been around people for in in multiple different countries, in multiple different walks of life, across the board, um, of different races, of of different backgrounds, and I've realized that um, not a lot of people have that spark that can ignite a conversation between people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even like if you've ever watched some of these TV interviews with these people who are like natural talkers, mm-hmm. you you almost feel sad like when they have to cut certain parts of the interview because you're like, I want to hear what else they said after that. And then you get those interviews where there's there's no rapport or like that person's just not a natural talker. They tend to be yeah. very uh what's that word? Frugal with their words. Um mm-hmm. And and they 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 hold them tight and they they jealously guard them, um, and, and and it's just uncomfortable to listen to because it's just like oh my god when is this going to end? Yes, but it's uncomfortable for everybody too. Of course, because the the person who's speaking doesn't want to be there and talking to begin with. Correct, and yeah. and the person who's asking the questions is sometimes asking let's be honest really dumb questions that this person has asked to answer like seventy thousand times already and is sick of talking about it. Um, if you ever seen, like, um, uh, like I watched this show, RuPaul's Drag Race, and um, uh, I'm oh. a huge fan. Um, so Liz is a huge fan, and I would get, like, daily reports yes. when it was airing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, is, like, a lot of the people who are asking the drag queens questions will ask them the same dumb questions over and over again. How was your yeah. run on the show? Was it what you expected it to be? When did you start doing drag? Are people able to tell if you're a man or a woman when you're in drag? What kind of show do you like to listen to? Like, it's it's just these same dumb, boring questions that everybody's asked them over and over again. And, and you know, and you can see how uncomfortable they are with the interview. They're just like, oh, Jesus, I have to do this fucking shit again. And, and like, they have to go through it again. If you've ever seen that YouTube show, In Bed with Joan. I have not. I'm not sure if Joan Rivers is your cup of tea she's mine i love her god it it can go like either one end or the other correct so yeah i mean i remember when she was first being the guest host on johnny carson yeah back in the day so you know i've seen the entire range of joan rivers so Mm -hmm. you know yeah And, and what i like about joan rivers is that she'll trash herself just as much as she trashes anyone else. Like, oh, she'll yeah. talk shit about, like, oh, my husband doesn't want to fuck me, you know, my my daughter thinks I'm a monster, this, that, the third. So, like, it almost gives her permission to be a rotted bitch to everybody else because now it's <laughs> like, I've already done this to myself. Like, nothing is off limits. So, but apparently in person, she was one of the sweetest, kindest, most lovely people you could ever hope to meet. And yeah. you see a lot of that in her In Bed with Joan. So the premise of the show is that she, you're fully clothed. It's not like you're, you know, 
naked or something. Right. But like her and her guest get into bed and then they talk. And it's it's meant to be very informal because like mm-hmm. if you see a lot of the interviews where they're sitting on chairs or they're they're on a couch or they're on a table, there's this formality, there's this statedness to it where it's like not as much intimacy yeah. if you know what i mean yeah when you're I, know, I know exactly what you mean yeah mm-hmm. when you're literally snuggled up next to somebody in bed you kind of let your hair down a bit and you're able to be a little bit more candid um fascinating series um but you you notice like her and her guests are having a fabulous time because she's asking them questions because she has either followed their career very closely so she knows mm-hmm. what everybody has already asked them or she's so fascinated about the person and not necessarily their career and what they're famous for, that she's just asking these like really deep probing questions about the person. And the two of them are having a blast. Like if you ever want to see talkers. Oh yeah. No, I was just thinking, you know, what happens is maybe Joan Rivers actually reads the press packet that is sent. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like minor, minor little things. So when, so when you have a room full of, and and I use the word kids over and over again because these are children. They, mm-hmm. These are people who yeah, are in yeah. their, like, anywhere between, like, 13 and, like, 16, give or take, are the ones who join these voice chats. You do have a couple of adults in there, but generally I'll be the oldest person in the room <laughs> <laughs> at 38. Um, so that's i'm not using the word kids as a pejorative i'm not trying to be a, a jerk right. about it but they're they're literal kids they're they're still in high school for shit's sake like come on now let me have this um so the kids will come in and they 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 don't know what to talk about first off they they have so much they want to say and they have the vocabulary they have the vocabulary already and right. i noticed this because what i realized is that when you do simple topics that are easy for them to answer um they can do it they 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 will do it because their teacher has already asked them this so they're prepared right they know what to do yeah, yeah. if you either get them passionate or pissed off oh <laughs> <laughs> now all of a sudden they're not fussed about the accent they're not fussed about them stumbling over words they're not fussed about the grammar or the construction or shit they are going they've got the they've got the bit between the teeth and they're running um oh now i'm curious because ursula has said when i get angry or drunk or very specifically i'm talking about kinds of food (laughs) my accent changes it does yeah so now i'm curious what yours does um, it gets real Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, but that, and you don't notice and you don't care because you're so passionate about it. Right. Right. And right. I'm going. And so, like, I think one of the earliest conversations I had, um, I was in a room, there was like five of the students there. And, um, very early on, the admins noticed that I was kind of jumping into the beginner rooms and like taking the, the kids under my wing. So they gave me a role where I can join a room even if it's maxed out because they knew that like if I'm there, the five students who are there are actually going to have a good time and they're actually going to use their English. Right. So the admin was like, it's fine. I'll give you the role. Don't worry about it. So I jumped into one and we we're talking about, um, you know, uh, raising children and, you know, how, how it is and this and that and the third. And, um, I, you know, I had brought up like, um, you know, 
why sometimes parents scream at their children, why they sometimes, you know, freak out at them and get angry at them and, and lose their temper. And I was like, you know, they're, they're, what would you do in a situation where you saw your son run away from you and there's traffic zooming by and, you know, but for the grace of God, you know, he makes it to the yeah. other side and now the cars stop and now you're able to sprint across. Like, what's your first reaction? And he's like, uh, he, he paused like this kid, like he paused for like a good five beats. And he was like, I would grab my son and I would give him kisses on his face and I would say, I'm so glad I have you in my arms again. And he, he started getting really emotional and like he went mm -hmm. off on this tangent and he was saying like how, you know, I would never want you know, my child to be in harm's way, but I don't want to be the one who's causing the harm in the first place. Right. And then now, then now I'm emotional. <laughs> now we're all emotional. But the thing is, is like during this entire diatribe, this kid who was very nervous about, he didn't want to talk in front of other people because he's like, I, you know, my English not so good, just that the third. And I was like, yeah, that's right. fine. We don't care. But he got interested in the conversation because we were talking about something that affected him. Cause apparently his parents beat the shit out of him. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so for him, he's like, if I ever have children, I don't want to inflict that on them. I know that, you know, sometimes I'll get frustrated. Sometimes I'll get angry, but like, that's not the child's place to see that it's, you know, I need to be the protector. I need to be the one who's dead. And I'm like, this is a very eloquent and articulate um, mm -hmm. opinion that this this dude just rolled out off the top of his head, no preparation, just went for it. And the others were also like chiming in back and forth and it, you know, they were all having a really good time. Um, and towards the end, I was like, I think you all did a fantastic job. I didn't notice anybody who had <laughs> <laughs> speaking too slower accents. I couldn't understand. Like y'all, y'all ran with this. I didn't have to say yeah. shit. I've been having a good time. And then they, oh, that's what you were doing. Oh, okay, that's really cool. And then once they understood the point, they were like, okay. And I was like, you don't necessarily have to bring up something quite of that level, but there's shit to talk about that's more than hi how are you where you're from and now you guys have gotten a, a crash course in it so now we'll go yeah. teach it to the rest um and over and over again i started doing this because it was like i realized that you someone has to start that conversation somebody has to get them going and once they get going they're fine then i can just step back and let them do their thing but a lot of times if they don't know what to say yeah, yeah. Um, well, i mean so we've 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 hit that I mean, we even hit that at work. We have a stand-up, and there's a little social time, and we're all waiting mm -hmm. for people to show up or whatever. But, yeah, and sometimes it'll stall, and it just takes somebody to make a joke, somebody right. to break the ice, <laughs> you know? Somebody to empty the rain barrel into the frog pod. <laughs> somebody to ask me how the chickens are, and then I'll go. I'll go, <laughs> and I know I'll go, and I just can't stop myself. Um, or cooking, or, or you know, or, yeah. the dog, or, you know, whatever, like... Or, yeah. or Sergey's antics, or like any of it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sergey's <laughs> antics are, are usually me turning around with a spray bottle going on for a minute. Look, you motherfucker. Um, <laughs> I usually mute for work, at least on that one. That's probably for usually the best. mute. Yeah. <laughs> so once, um, so I kept doing this, and this was, um, 
I don't know, a few months into the quarantine. And um, one of the admins had sat in on one of my sessions and he was like, Dino, why don't you just fucking teach some classes? And I was like, oh, I'm not, you know. Um, I'm not a teacher. What are you talking about? Well, for the record, I am because I'm uh, certified to teach English. (laughs) My God. (laughs) Always another layer with you. I took a course called the People Course, where it's a several-week course where they teach you how to write lesson plans and how to instruct people in English, like specifically for that. Um, yeah. So when he was like, "Why don't you be a teacher?" I was like, "I am a teacher. I already am already certified to do it. <laughs> I haven't done it because of COVID." And he's like, um, "No, no, on here. <laughs> you already do it." <laughs> Why don't we just assign you the teacher role and then you can run around and yeah. do your thing and teach some classes? And I was like, um, seems like a lot of work, but okay, fine. Um, and so he assigned me the teacher role and my first, um, class that I ran, um, I didn't really put a limit on how many people can join. I was like, fuck it. You know, I'll be surprised yeah. if five people show up, whatever. But you remember how we said that the people who spend several hours a day here are the ones who are super motivated to learn English because they mm-hmm. see it as their only ticket out of their shitty, shitty situation. Yeah. And they know the reality, which is without a good command of English, accented or otherwise, as long as they have a command of English, there are going to be doors that will open to them that their parents never could. Mm-hmm. So my first class, there's a subreddit called... Um, uh, what's it called it's something about fridges uh what's in my fridge judge my fridge something something fridge detectives it's called fridge detectives that's what it is fridge detectives yes i'm gonna have to look this one up so what people do is that they take photographs of the inside of their fridge and then they post it on that subreddit and they say okay guess who i am you know and 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 the rules are that you're not supposed to go Reddit stalk them and see their other posts and try to figure it out. You're just supposed to go purely what's based on what's inside the fridge. You say, okay, so maybe this person has a family of four. Maybe this person lives as a single guy. Maybe they have roommates rather than a family. Maybe it's mm-hmm. a couple. Maybe you're older. Maybe you're younger. The point is, is like, it's just, it's just in good fun and nobody takes anything too seriously. So like right, right. sometimes if you see a, um, uh, a fridge where all you see is bottled water and pizza boxes, you're kind of like, so I'm guessing you're a student. <laughs> Probably a, a male student to boot. Right. <laughs> right. Well, no, if it was a male student, it would be Red Bull and pizza boxes. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I, I've spent a lot of time on the subreddit, so like... <laughs> I've learned to spot some of these. So... I was like, how interesting would this be if I could show the class some of these pictures and then Mm -hmm. your English practice is jumping on the mic and then telling me a story about what they think this person is. Um, And so they started spotting very, very quickly and they were all very confused by this. Why do all Americans keep water in their fridge? And um, and they were right. Like every time there was an American fridge, it, there would there would invariably be either the the Brita filter in there, mm-hmm. or like bottled water, or some other type of water. And they were all very confused because they're used to like drinking water at room temp. Yeah, yeah. Uh, says the I now have a water bottle with a built-in <laughs> Brita filter. I mean, come on. 
Yes, but do you keep it in the fridge? <laughs> Most of the time, no. I have put it in the fridge like overnight, so it's nice and cold when I'm working yep. the next day. But that's about it. Like most of the yeah. time, it's I I have a special pouch on my bag just for this water now. Of course you do, because yeah, found the you found the bag of the dreams that had the pouch to fit the thing. No, I found the bag of my dreams, which is completely modular. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, here. I mean, I even. Oh, uh, there we go. Equilibrium USG, but you can see I found they have a, a Velcro cover, so I put a giant chicken patch on it. Certainly did. That's that's. But quite it's a got chicken. like it's it's got pouches. The back piece is replaceable. You can get multiple oh, nice. size bags for it. Um, here's the pouch that's just the right size water bottle. This that's front fucking piece, cool. Yeah, this front piece comes off, so I can change it out for other things. That it's also a small bag on its own. Um, that is a monster of a bag, though. Uh, and that's that's like a medium version, because oh, okay. what I this is the one this is the main portion I ordered originally. Jesus Christ. Yeah, but oh, oh yeah, with the special San Diego Comic Con. Let's see if I can get it without glare. San Diego Comic Con cover. Nice, nice. Because I ordered it at San Diego, but then. It got delivered, and COVID hit. And I realized I have this giant bag perfect for travel. I can't go nowhere. Right. And so I had to go back and order the smaller one that, like, is suited more for holding, you know, a, a, a MacBook Air and an iPad and my Kindle. Because that's really, you know, that's where it, that's pretty much all I take with me places, Right. That's really all you need, like... Right. Yeah, it's, and then it's not like when going, you know, when I can go places again, and it's really close now, you know, it's not like I have to get on the airplane and I have to have my meds, my spare meds with me, and I have right. to have, you know, headphones and extra batteries and all that stuff. You know, this bag, the, the payload is what they call it, that I'm using right now, is perfect for, like, my everyday carrier right now. When it's time to get on airplanes again... Which is right. We've already starting to get the requests for later this year and, and next year. Oh, um, I got the bigger one that's just perfect for okay. Here's everything I need for my. Uh, it's like a go bag almost, but for cons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, you know, a uh, work trip or. Right. Yeah. Oh God, work trips. Work I only trips. have to do like. <laughs> well, no, I only ever have to with this company. I do at most two a year. Our global all hands. That's and, a lot. Which is a week, right? But That's we get a lot. Entire, yeah, we get the entire company together week, and then maybe we'll do um, another week where we get just the division of the company I work for together. There's well, that many of us across the world, right? We did it in Toronto in 2019, and it was a black, had an amazing time. Yeah, Toronto, of course. But it was like 1,800 people. Right, that's insane. And that's just the engineering group. That's crazy. Yeah. And the company's just like, yeah, sure. The Australians came in early. You know, the Asians came mm -hmm. in early because there are so many different, you know, the Europeans came in, got to meet in person people they ever talked to either over email or Slack. Right. You know, or Zoom, depending on... <laughs> How things work. Whatever it be. Right, 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 right. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, for us, we're a global company. We work in different time zones. We work together. We collaborate. Having that together time is important. Going back to your thing, though, you're, this whole Bridge classroom game. and this whole... What's that? Right. 
so the first game was the fridge game. And right. so I would put the pictures of people who had already answered. So I already knew what their answers were. And I'd be like, tell me about this person. And they, the, the students had to come up with collaboratively, of course, it couldn't be like just one person. Um, what the picture of this person is basically. And then yeah. at the end of that, that particular round, I'd tell them, all right, so you were right about this. You were wrong about this, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And we went through. And so I thought maybe like five, maybe 10 people would show up. Um, 50 people showed up in three seconds. <laughs> and the admin who had given me the teacher role was like DMing me. He was like, I fucking told you, Dino, there's a lot of students who want to take this class. <laughs> You have to set a limit or they'll all show up like right there. And I was like, it's fine. It's fine. Just deal with the trolls and I'll be cool. So he he was sniping idiots who were just jumping on and like being stupid. Yeah. Rare. Very, very rare in the extreme. But it would happen. Um, and 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 the class lasted about an hour and a half. We, you know, we went several rounds and we had a really good time. And, you know, at the end, people were like, oh, my gosh, that was so much fun. Please do it again. Fine. Um and so I, I was like, all right, I guess I can do this again. And and I realized that those classes were fun where you had um, a certain level of English that you needed to be able to navigate them. Mm-hmm. But I had a lot more fun doing the more beginner classes, like the very, 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 very basic beginner classes. Right. Because right. I, I almost feel like... Um, in a funny way, they're the ones who need it the most. So, like, fucking give them the most attention to do it. Um, it's you, you'll talk to Alexis. I she she didn't check her email. She didn't realize that you emailed her back. You no, know, she, she just before just before uh, our, our call started, I got the email from her. Then she yes. has set a date. Yes, that's because I yelled at her and I was like, Alexis, <laughs> you email back Kevin yet? And she was like, no, I didn't get his email. And I was like, Jesus Christ, here, do the thing. <laughs> ADD brain, these things happen. Anyway, so yeah. I I realized, so like she has all the patience in the world for kids, no patience for adults. Okay, yeah. She'll tell you more about this. Um, so with, the, with my beginners, um, what I realized that they need a lot of was mechanical if you know what i mean they yeah. just needed to open their mouth and produce sounds that's that's all they needed to do but the second part of it is that they also needed to practice their listening skills so i came up with a game called listen and repeat and what what we would do is there would be a prompt and my first prompt was evil because that's who i am i was like what would be your advice to somebody who's learning english for the first time there's your prompt <laughs> <laughs> That's mean. I like it. This class <laughs> is for beginners. So something like 40, 50 beginners showed up for that class. And and I was like, the rules are first person goes. Then the person who goes after that person has to repeat back what the previous person said, then give their own. Okay. Right. Rules as long as are, the third person doesn't have to repeat the first two. No, 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 no. You just okay. previous person, previous person. Second rule is is like um, once you've repeated back what that person says, you need to ask that person for 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 confirmation that you said it correctly. That other person can say yes or no, and then they can correct you or not correct you, and mm-hmm. then you make the corrections, and then we move on. Um, and then the other rule is like if you didn't understand what somebody said, or they're going too fast, or something else, you have to ask them to repeat. 
and I'm not going to do it, you need to ask them to do it because you need to get into the habit of, can you repeat, please? Because you're going to face people like me who speak English too fucking fast. (laughs) (laughs) So you're allowed to say, can you slow down, please? Can you repeat, please? And again, you would think such a mundane, like basic, 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 you know, concept of, give me one piece of advice for an English learner. And these are English learners who are beginners. So they're just like, the fuck do I know? I'm not the teacher. And I'm like, that's not the point. You You got to the level that you got to in some way, shape or form. I need you to tell me how you got there. You know, like Mm -hmm. give, give me something because there's people who are worse off than you are and you need to lead them along the way, just like I'm leading you along the way. And so like, again, simple concept, very popular class students, fucking love it because at the end of the class i'm like what have we learned today first off what you have to say is important to me which is why i keep asking you to repeat it so that i get Uh clarification so that i understand what you said so all your words to me are important i want to hear them and that's why we repeat them and and also i think it's important that you listen to each other and that your listening skills are important and also you're speaking so it's like it's it's a bunch of shit that you're learning in in a very compact little module <laughs> <laughs> um, then the admins made up this thing that they call conversation club where <clears throat> a teacher runs a uh, discussion uh, with a prompt that the teacher comes up with right, and then right. they model a discussion about it fine um, before there's the new feature with discord where they have that stage situation yeah it just 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 came out I think yeah so helpful for our particular <laughs> use case, because now um, we don't have to tell the kids to unmute their mics, mics and this and that and the third. We can just invite them up to the stage, speak your piece, and then go back right. to the audience, and then we're cool. And now we don't have to cap the classes at like 10, 15 students, because most of the teachers would cap their classes at about 10, maybe 15 students. I was the crazy person who'd be like, bring them on. Yeah. Keep them coming. I don't give a shit. We'll we'll handle as many people as want to come. I don't I don't care. We're all gonna get a turn. We're <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're gonna learn together. God damn it! So like usually my classes would be anywhere between forty and seventy five people all at the same time. Extremely respectful of each other. Would always mute their mics until it was their turn to go. Mm-hmm. Um, just like really did a great job. But now with this new staging system, it makes my life a thousand times easier. Make the other teachers a thousand yeah. times easier. Yeah. Um, and so now we've expanded. And so like one of my first conversation club topics was um, uh, corporal punishment. And holy shit, did we have a seriously good discussion about that? Oh, because people have yeah. opinions. Mm-hmm. Do oh, yeah. they ever? <laughs> 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 so like, what I realized from, from this whole situation is like some of the teachers use, um, Notion. I'm sure you're mm-hmm. familiar with that. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. to organize all their class material because, um, there are reading prompts, there are writing prompts, there's the rules that they have for people entering their class, there's the times that they like to give their class. And those are the types of people who need that level of organization to run a class because that's how they function. This is, you know, um, I'm more of the school of, all right, I got about an hour right now, so let's run a class. (laughs) (laughs) Wonder what it's going to be. We'll find out when we start and that, and then we go. Yeah. Um, Because I can, I can keep a group of like 50, 60 people going. It's, yeah, yeah. It's easy for me. That's not a problem. But the thing is, is that 
that involves off script planning, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, no improv. It's all improv. You know? So like when I'm when I'm not actively planning for a class, I'm not writing a lesson plan and I'm not like, you know, actively doing a thing. My brain is constantly, you know, cataloging things that I see in my life or interesting conversations that I've had with people or whatever. And just like filing it away in the back of my yeah, uh, yeah. storage system back here. And <laughs> whenever it comes time to meet somebody new or um, teach a class or give a talk or, you know, public speaking, any of that shit. I can just flip through that, you know, mental Rolodex, find something, pull it out, and then just go. Yeah. No, I it's... mean... Yeah, go ahead, Kevin. In... I was going to say, in that, just pull out one of Ursula's stories. Right. <laughs> 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 I'll talk about chickens, right? You know, it's, yeah, no, but I... There are all kinds of things, experiences, and things we see and we catalog that we just... We just file away. Um, right. It's like uh, one of my favorite books and probably a lot of often derided as one of the worst books he wrote is um, Dr. Seuss's And to Think I Saw It on Mulberry Street. Writing that down. Yeah. Um, I think it recently went out of print because it wasn't selling very well. Mm -hmm. Right. Of course, that was also the conservatives going, oh, my God, Dr. Seuss is being canceled. No, the <laughs> two books went out of print because they don't sell as well as the cat in the fucking hat. Right. Um, but, <laughs> but, I mean, it, it, it's like that. I mean, it's that sort of a, a thing is it's the kid walking home from school. And every day when he gets home from school, his grandfather's like, what did you see on your way home from school today? And he goes into this great detail about all the things he saw on yeah. Mulberry Street that day, and at the end, when it's his grandfather asking, um, he's just like, I, I just saw, you know, a, a cart with a horse. A uh -huh. horse-drawn cart, right? <laughs> Not talking about, you know, the the fantastical Dr. Seussian beasts that went yeah. by. Um but it's that sort of thing, right? You're you're filing that away for later. How do you? Yeah, it's 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 also um, uh, an experience that's very unique to gay men, um, and I'm sure um, gay women too. Is um, <clears throat> we tend to catalog because a lot of our early media was coded, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So because you couldn't outright say this character is gay, and so. If you're a gay kid who's never met another gay kid and you spot some of your tendencies in that character, right, right. you're going to latch on to that in some way, shape, or form and then just file it away in your brain and watch it over and over and over again. Um, and then when you meet another gay person who's seen that same thing, who spotted that same queerness in there, um, and then it's like, oh, shit, I'm not the only one who's like this. <laughs> it's, 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 it's like, oh, I'm all, you're, you're also weird, just like I am. And, and, and it's just, just the, this um, explosion of, of um, really good feelings when you realize I'm not the only crazy person who sat there and watched the Microcrisp infomercial by Kathy Mitchell on YouTube several times. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Might really... Because I don't know if you're familiar with Kathy Mitchell's oeuvre of work. No. Um, she shills any kind of cooking gadget that you can possibly think of. Okay. And it's all garbage. It's all garbage crap. 
You I know, thought all of the, the like most of the things I see on the infomercials usually is, yes. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, but she's not part of the universe of the magic bullet. That's its own cinematic universe. That's a, that's a whole nother thing. Um, <laughs> every time I hear the name, my brain goes right into the car because that's not the terminology I no. used for magic bullet the first no. time. No, no, fully not. Um, Kathy Mitchell is this, um, lady who shows cooking equipment most of it's garbage one -hmm. of them that she's very well known for is the ready set go uh, express where it's these um two plates that are heated that you can fold down on top of each other and put shit in between to cook okay yeah no i've seen so many variations on that i kind of love them and i kind of don't at the same time you remember the sandwich press thingies from like where they would cut the triangles out. Yeah, 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 yeah. She infomercialed one of the earliest ones. Okay. So she's been shilling this crap for a very, 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 very very long long time. time. Yeah. And the thing about these crappy little devices is that you can't just let it be the thing that it is because then people are going to be like, well, okay, so it makes a fucking sandwich. Then what? And then she's like, no, no, you can make cakes in this. You can make muffins in this. You can make fucking corn dogs in this, whatever. So then instead of that sandwich thing where it had the two slots for the two sandwiches, this ready, set express, ready, set, go express, whatever the Christ it's called. um, If you look it up on the internet, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. It's it's such (laughs) a piece of garbage crap. Um, Basically, it's two heating elements that are in a thing where you can shove food in between and then close it, and then they both heat up and do a thing. The original version um, had like a divider down the center, and so you had two little, you know, half moon size cups to shove some shit in, whatever. Then the, 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 the fancier next generation version, they removed the divider, giving you 30% more room. Um, but in case you missed the old one, they had a changeable plate that you could switch out to have the old school one as well. Look at how great this is. Um, this is from whence the kukitsa comes. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, Kathy yeah. Mitchell is, is, is insane. That's her. So like the, her, her, her usual modern day food shilling crap. She's mm-hmm. very hyper and very frantic and trying to get through it all because, like, it's very, like, um, Web 2.0 where you're trying to go fast enough that people can't see what you're doing. Yeah. Her older ones, like the Micro Crisp and the original Sandwich Maker um, infomercial, she's going slow because one of them is an instructional video that they have uploaded to the YouTube for the Micro Crisp. So oh she has God. to go slow enough for you to catch all the steps of whatever it is that she's doing. And she's not trying to sell you on it because you've already bought it. And you have the free, um, was it a DVD or a VHS? I think it was a VHS. Um, it have to have been a VHS based on, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That you could watch because you remember when Kitchen Shit came with instructional videos that you could watch and see how yeah. they did it. If you understand how much I fucking love those, oh my God, it's long. It's chef's kiss. <laughs> if 
if this device comes with a fucking instructional video, I could give two shits about the device. Give me the instructional video and let me watch this person awkwardly, constipatedly go through all the features that this thing has. The the first Cuisinart that I bought when I had moved to an apartment in Roosevelt Island, um, the rent was $2,600, so we could afford a fucking Cuisinart. Um, right, in, right. in 2008, it was $2,600, like, to give you an idea. Wow, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we could afford a Cuisinart, so I was like, I'm getting a Cuisinart, and I legit spent, like, a day watching that goddamn DVD on repeat, because I was like, <laughs> this... This is glorious. This is such bad acting. This is god awful production value. It is so good. So good. <laughs> and so the Kathy Mitchell Microcrisp instructional video is exactly that, where she's not quite hit her groove yet. She hasn't quite become the superstar salesperson yet. She still has ideas for really, really shitty food. Like, um, you can buy the tinned biscuits and then shove in a pre-cooked sausage in between and then roll it in the micro crisp and then cook it for like a minute and change. And I'm like, all of this sounds disgusting. Like, I'm, I'm sure know. to some I'm, segment of the population doesn't sound half bad. I'm, I'm, yeah, I might be that segment of the population. So I'm like, <laughs> don't spit. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to make, don't spit on your phone. No, that's hilarious. That's actually. <laughs> I mean, I unironically want one of the the. Have you seen the the egg thing where you like put the egg in and it cooks the egg as like this column and extrudes this round. Yes, the rolly. Yeah, the rolly. Yeah, I I unironically want one of those. <laughs> so no, I'm. I... You're like I am that demographic. I am that bitch. I I. I... Did you not listen to our other show? No, you listened to Kevin and Ursula Cheap. That's why we're here. Of course, of course I'm that demographic. <laughs> yeah, but you're not stunt eating anymore, so like that might not end well. <laughs> not no, but there's all the novelty. Here, let me make you here, let me extrude some eggs for you. <laughs> so I was listening to another podcast. This is where I figured out this whole gay cataloging thing. Mm. Um it's called All Right Mary. And it's a recap podcast for the RuPaul's Drag Race, which I love. But the the two hosts also queen out about other random shit. And one of their episodes was about the Kathy Mitchell micro crisp infomercial, uh, sorry, informational video. And he was talking about how it's just like a warm blanket on a rainy day, just watching that fucking YouTube video. <laughs> And this is what I mean by cataloging is like we we find these little bits of media that mm -hmm. interest us and then and they're weird and they're not exactly <laughs> what one would think of as good media. Yeah, I mean, a but lot, there like, they are. Yeah, I know for Ursula, uh, all I have to do if having a bad day or whatever, I'll just put on Bob Ross. And that's yeah. true for a lot of people. Right. For me, I will go find uh, they have so much of one of my favorite like comfort watches on Hulu. Um, hmm. It's um, how it's made. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. And just, you know, and I'm just like, I'm having a really shitty day. Let them make springs for half an hour. <laughs> you know. And they legit will. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or here's how we make the giant fucking, you know, drill piece for, for doing, 
for, for like industrial doing jobs. Yeah. 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 I'm just like, hell yeah. And you can just turn it on and let it do its thing and you're good. And I almost wish they would get rid of those stupid little prologues. No, I kind of like the prologue because then you, you, you at least I at least have an idea of where we're going with it. Because sometimes it's like they're rolling in this big sheet of metal. And <laughs> if I didn't have the prologue. OK, what the fuck are we doing here? No, see, <laughs> if they could do the prologue in the same voice that they did for the rest of the video, I'd be cool. Because then I can just kind of zone out and just kind of ride this wave as one does. Um, but it's if I'm on a rabbit hole, shall we say, of of how it's made and. This person sounds real excited about this prologue bit and then goes back down to the normal do 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 and then the next prologue comes okay. and we're back up here. I you just jolted me out of whatever how it's made high I was on. So it's like this it, I mean it's the same dude. I thought you were talking about different voice actors. I mean it's the same dude. It's just I'm wondering if yeah. the prologue isn't being recorded before or after they've done everything else. Oh, I almost like, guarantee it is. Yeah, yeah. So. But that's where it's, it's it's a little too jarring to go from. I'm coasting. I'm coasting. I'm coasting. You you you've shown this. Um, um, my favorite is when they show the pasta machines where it's. Oh my god, the pasta machines, the pieces, and the candy making machines. Yes. 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 Fat, like tub of <laughs> of things. sugar, and then they just they just roll it and extrude it. Yep. Roll it and roll it until it's like, you know, pencil thin and then they're chopping. Oh, yeah. God, chop, no, chop, 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 chop. And it's yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so interesting. Yes. Um, and, and, and you took me out of my hap. It's like um, I, I heard somewhere about um, how a lot of times people who are like deep into gambling, like the addicted yeah. ones who, who are playing like the slot machines and such, they almost don't like it when they hit the small jackpots, like the little little bitty payouts because it's interrupted them from their ritual of put coin in, pull the thing, watch the fucker spin, 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 and then lather, rinse and repeat. And so like right. anything that breaks you out of that, that particular cycle, that rhythm that you're in is, is jarring. And now you've gotten pulled out of your, your fantasy, your, your yeah. whatever little space that you're inhabiting and now it doesn't feel so good anymore and now you're just like oh fuck i have to get back into here all right let's start all over again and it's like um huh. that's <laughs> yeah <laughs> i want i want that next endorphin hit of watching those slicey things chop up pieces of pasta just <laughs> so satisfying to watch i for and uh, often for me it's it's like literally the the thing that comes in and twists and turns and then yeah. like, makes the metal into little shapes <laughs> Like, I always like, wondered how they how they did that little tiny thing. Okay, <laughs> can you can you actually imagine how much engineering it took to make that machine that can do all those fiddly little bits and end up with a piece that looks consistent? The amazing thing is, some of the candy machines, the original designs, go back to like the early 1900s, late 1800s. Oh wow! Like that's yeah no like there are I and. Especially on like the pasta machines. I mean, that's yeah. you know, yeah. like they were making those in Italy for hand cranks. I'm sure you know about the hand cranks. You probably no, have those. <laughs> <laughs> no, the hand cranks. Yeah, no, I'm all about it. Um, yeah, it's so I'm learning a lot about um, food manufacturing now because of you know the job. Yeah. Um, and so I found out that there's certain 
foods that you buy in the store frozen that are actually handmade. Um, mm -hmm. One of them is naan. Um, yeah, it, well, it has to be. It is um, yeah. because the issue is, is that there's so many steps in making. So like the kneading of the dough, that's machine. Um, right. The portioning of the balls to get the correct size, that's machine. That's fine. But the actual like um, padding out into the correct shape and then putting it into the oven and then getting out of the oven and mm -hmm. into the packaging, that's all done by hand. I did not realize this, that there's some asshole who's sitting there who's slapping out naan by hand and then sh slapping it onto the side of the tandoor oven um, and then pulling it out of there and putting it in a package. That blows my mind. <laughs> I get that they can probably do several hundred a day. Mm -hmm. But in my brain, I genuinely thought that there's a machine out there that can do. Yeah, that. you would. You would. Uh, yeah, but then again, maybe it's one of those things that machines can't do as effectively. Like, he is the prime expert on making non now. So, it's unskilled labor. So, as long as you're trained on how to do the basics, you can do it. It's not even that you need to have experience. These people are hired, basically, en masse, like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. The issue is, is that that particular factory that produces naan also produces roti and chapati and fucking, you know, fulka and like 30 mm -hmm. other types of breads, which could be spit out by a machine because the frozen rotis are not cooked. Right. They're right, right, more right, or less right, right, raw. Right. So you're meant to cook them on the griddle. The naan is fully cooked before it leaves. So that. So if they had to come up with a machine to do each step of that non-production, and that's why the the portioning is fine, mm -hmm. the kneading is fine. Those are industrial machines, but everything else that isn't get it into perfect circle, you know, right. um, send it down the line, put it between plastic, send it down the line. That's that's the machinery that they have that will do this ad nauseum it'll keep doing yeah, it all yeah, day yeah, it's yeah, fine yeah. um this is a specialty product and so if they had to build a machine to do that work they could mm. um but the issue is now you don't have space in the factory anymore okay yeah okay i see uh, that yeah also yeah. the investment on that machine is sometimes several million dollars oh no uh, they're not cheap they're not cheap they're not machines. cheap um so like even if you were able to design a machine to do that job perfectly, you would have to do it on such a scale that you were providing all the nonsense to the entire fucking country of India, which nobody does. That's not a thing. Yeah, yeah, no. And, and it isn't a big enough market here. Right. Or even uh, other places. O overseas, large, right. Yeah. Um, uh, Indian and Asian populations. It's It's just not a big enough market. No, so it's not worth it to spend several million dollars on a piece of machinery when you're not 100% sure that anyone's actually going to order enough of it. Yeah. And then there's some poor guy, yeah. probably a poor guy, yeah, who's coming home and is like, man, I really want some dinner. And the kids are like, daddy, daddy, make us some naan. And he's like, oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> right? Never again. Yeah. This is a rice household, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I think samosas are the same way, where they do have to be hand. Oh, yeah.
shape, basically. Just looking, just going through in my head sort of what it would take to do that machinery is, mm-hmm. especially in the size that they come in, because, like, you know, raviolis are, you know, you, you don't get sure. a ravioli that big. I mean, so it's, yeah, it, it wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't make sense. So, like, those, those yeah. big-sized samosas, those are all handmade, and to be honest, a lot of the restaurants overseas buy them frozen. They don't make them in-house. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the place that we used to go to with the really good buffet was was buying them frozen. If it's yeah. a buffet, they're buying it frozen because their labor yeah. costs are going to be a lot higher than the food cost to just get it shipped in and charge you a fortune for it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. And I'm sure, man, does that mean somewhere there is a, a, I could just buy the sugar balls in, like, giant bulk cans? Because I You're talking about you, the uh, the brown ones or the white ones? The brown ones. Always sort the of like in the. Brown ones are called gulab jamun. Yes, uh, that's the word I was looking for. But yes. And they sell them canned. Yes. Yes. Oh. They do sell them canned. That's that's almost as dangerous when Ursula was like, you know, we can just buy canned stuffed grape leaves, right? <laughs> and I'm like, how big do the cans come? This big. They yeah. Come hook huge. me up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They, they come very, very big because there's such a pain in the ass to make. It's it's one of those things where it's like, yeah. if it's on a restaurant menu or if it's if it's coming pre-made somewhere else, I'll order that because I'm not I'm not sitting here doing all that. Fuck that noise. Same thing goes for um, spring rolls. I'm not I'm not making that shit. Oh uh, yeah, no. That. And man, spring rolls in the fryer, gold, gold, gold. Good. Yeah, no, perfect every um, time. Yeah. Same thing with dumplings. I'm not making dumplings. I'm sorry. I've If I never eat another dumpling in my life. <laughs> what happened? All it's basically all they had in like the national de- dish of apparently the tourist zones of Tibet mm. is momo. Okay. Right? And so every and and their steamed dumplings and it's more like you know, it's not fat enough to be like the big fluffy steamed buns that you get. Mm-hmm. It's much more dumpling dumpling, sure. except round. But everywhere was yak momo, yak momo. We, I, it has been two years. I st- <laughs> when we when we go and I'm like I could get dumpling. And no, still not. No, ready. no. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> you know. My friend uh, Tasha went to Shanghai and Beijing. Um, years ago as a vegan no less and they didn't just stick to the big cities they also went off the beaten path to go see some of the touristy shit it was a tour group it was a thing yeah yeah um and she was like i don't want to see another cabbage (laughs) right Uh, several months yeah the joy is in western tibet in the part we were in um in western china um Mm -hmm. Is from uh, there is a specific style from Zinning, right? Where you take food on a stick, typically frozen, and you just grill it right there. Barbecue's like street food, but it's everywhere, and it uses this spice blend. And so, like, it has taken it. It took me almost two years, but I now have a recipe book with that spice blend in it. Taste of of Cheyenne. They actually have restaurants in Manhattan. The mm-hmm. chef wrote a cookbook. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, finally, I have to find the tofu. 
<laughs> like there were a couple particular tofus that I'd never said I'd only had there. And now I'm like, man, this is so good. Where am I? Oh my God. So. So you're going like, to have to make the tofu or can you find it? No, no. Have you ever seen uh, it's, it was round and it was a mixture of white and pink tofu in a spiral. I have not seen this. And it was, I mean, it was tofu, but it was still delicious. And I just want it because of the visual, but you'd go in and they'd have all the vegetables. Like, yeah. you you know, and then um, meats were recognizable. So we, uh, <laughs> you learn not to ask too many questions. We don't ask too many questions. We just say it was lamb. And, um, sure. you know, but, you know, we went one place and there were chicken feet. And I'm like, hook me up. <laughs> Everybody in our group's looking at me like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> All the Chinese people were looking at me like, what is this What is this white dude doing here? And I'm just like, ah, oh, yeah, buddy. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't eat American chicken feet. I know what, what American chicken feet happen to walk through right. on the daily, so. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that the Chinese ones are um, exactly delicate flowers either. No, but I'm willing to bet they're washed a lot better than what I'm going to buy at the farmer's market. Um, That's fair. <laughs> but um, the, you, you figured out the spice blend. Yes, I found the spice blend, and I have my smoker, which has charcoal oil. So now that we're in barbecue season, by the way, if you have a house and you, you want smokers, just like the best investment. Um like one chamber is a gas at your traditional gas grill. Second chamber is either just charcoal or since it has an opening from the other wing, it's the cold portion of a smoker. And then there's just a firebox. Okay. Right? And I fill the firebox up with charcoal. I get that going. And then I start throwing on the wood, like, and I buy chunk wood. I don't try to like cut my own and I'm not going to go around Mamby pamby little shavings. I mean, I got I got pork in there for five hours. You know, I'm I don't want to be out there every fifteen to throw more shavings on. Like I buy the, no. you know, I, I buy the the you know the chunk stuff like chopped up logs, and mm -hmm. then and I do it all that way. Um, but it'll do things vegetables you will not believe. Oh, um, absolutely. You know, and uh, oh my God! One of these days, I'm gonna get smoked tomatillos. Oh, how smoked good would tomatillos. that salsa be? Yeah, well, I had to like, just like some of it was, I had to put in like five compared okay. to the rest of the salsa verde because the taste is so strong. But okay. it had so much. This, oh, it's just amazing. Because I'm guessing the tomatillos, because of that sticky situation that they have on the outside of the surface, they really take on the smoke, don't they? Um, yeah, and even the even if you like rinse off the sticky stuff, they still do. They're 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 kind huh. of porous like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, they get super sweet because when you heat them up and they lose some of the moisture, they go straight to sweet. Um, mm -hmm. You know, and I think I've still got some dried smoked homegrown paprika that Ursula oh, did. Fun. Yeah, I'm just a little afraid of it because. How to grow mild peppers. <sighs> right. <laughs> like, no, this is the paprika you gave me. I dried it and I ground it up. And she's like, Ugh! and I'm like, yeah, no, it's, it's a little strong for paprika. Um, 
Yeah, Ursula doesn't grow mild peppers, does she? No. I mean, I'm not complaining. Everybody also complained, no, but I'm just, you know. I, I shudder to think, like, her bell pepper's coming out, just, like, searing the eyebrows off someone. <laughs> she grew... I mean, did you hear the one episode of, of, uh, of Kevin and Ursula Eat Cheap where it was basically, I was eating, I was tr- taste testing the, the year she did Carolina Reapers and I was taste testing one of them? I believe so. And she was like... I'm like, my face is numb. I got some of the oil inside my nose. Yeah. This is horrible. We push stop. And she looks at me and she's like, you can stop now the recording. I'm like, I'm not making anything up for the recording. Get me something to put up my nose right now because I cannot feel half my face. Oh. <laughs> Took it to a friend, right? Who had just who had, and this is another person who's like all about the hot and spicy, and had a little bit and was like, "Does your wife know that growing chemical weapons is prohibited by the Geneva Convention?" <laughs> this is a person who is a mercenary in wars in other countries. Saying <laughs> But, but Ursula's like a plant mercenary. She kind of yes. throws stuff at the ground, hopes it catches, and if it does, cool. If it doesn't, well, because we're not throwing that at the ground again. Uh, that's why I think we have 80 tomato plants this year. <laughs> I'm going to have a lot of tomato. I don't complain about having a lot of tomato. Nobody should. No. I, the only complaint <laughs> I have is that I have to stand, I might have to stand outside and guard it to make sure Shep doesn't run off with all the tomato. Well, Actually, it's it's that's a really good segue to that second topic that I wanted to bring up, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. meal prepping without aesthetic. <laughs> I mean, so so here's so yeah, so I mean we 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 go through it. Uh, now you've got a meal prepping without aesthetic, and I you've had big changes at the job. Yes, and we will you get know? to the job. I promise okay. you. But what happened is that. What I didn't realize pre-pandemic was that I ate out a fuckload more than I thought I did. Okay, yeah. Not because I was necessarily buying lunch or dinner out, but because at at work they provide lunch two to three days a week. Right. Um, Then once a month they would have like a social socializing thing where they would provide dinner. So there's there's like a you know four five six meals like all at once that I'm not eating at home. Then there were dates with a boyfriend. Sometimes we would, you know, go to a nice dinner and then go to a bar or something like that. There goes another dinner. Then there were dinners that I would have at friends' houses where it's like, let's go hang out for the weekend. And then I'm going to, I'm going to cook. It's not that I'm I'm going to show up with a cooler. Just be ready for it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, I'm I'm doing the cooking, but it's at your house, not my house. Right, 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 right. You're dealing with the dishes, not me. So, like, I'm still not eating at home. I'm eating out. And so, like, when you start adding all these up and, and you really do the math, you realize that the amount of times that I'm actually eating at home are few and far between, which right. also meant that my my meal prepping could be where I would make a thing um, put up some of it in the freezer, put up some of it in the fridge, and then take it for lunch or mm-hmm. eat it for dinner on the odd dates that I'm at home. Um, through the pandemic, 
first off, I was staying indoors, but secondly, I wasn't trusting outside food, so I was only eating stuff that I cooked myself. Right. Um, so this rapidly went from I'm having dinner at somebody's house a couple of times a week. I'm, you know, having dinner, sorry, lunch served by the office uh, three times a week. Um, I'm going out to dinner with the boyfriend one or once or twice a week, like into yeah. everything in my house that I'm eating has to come out of my kitchen, period. Right. right. That's a lot of fucking dishes, Kevin. Our dishwasher broke over the last summer. <laughs> I know, right? We had four, we had, we had four, five, five people here, right? We had myself, Ursula, Jacob, Liz, and Shepard. Right. This was before Shepard relocated, before the yurt was the yurt. completely done. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, that's a lot of dishes. And I mean, I know it's a lot of dishes for one person. Correct. Like when you're the one cooking and then also having to look at the sink full of dishes, yeah. my first thought was, okay, how can I not generate quite so many dishes right. when I'm cooking? Right. And my issue is, is that I learned very quickly that I can no longer do the thing that I did pre pandemic, which is make a large pot of soup or something and then just mm. portion it out and take it whenever I feel like it, because that large pot of soup was getting broken up by meals from elsewhere. Right. Right. So I'm not having this monotonous diet of the same thing over and over again. Um, boring myself to tears of eating the same thing. I'll eat the same thing multiple times. It's not that I won't, but give me something to spice things up in between. Yeah. But meanwhile, if I've just cooked a gigantic pot of stew or soup or something, I really don't want to make anything else until that thing is fucking done. Because frankly, it involved a lot of dishes. It involved a lot of time. It involved mm -hmm. a lot of aggravation. My kitchen was fucking filthy by the end of it. I had to clean it all up and put it all away, wash all the dishes, put it up. So what I came to realize during pandemic was that I need the variety of being able to eat out and, you know, whatever mm -hmm. else. But I also need the meal prepping where I'm not doing a big elaborate spread every single night because that's a lot of fucking dishes. And I don't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can't. I can't. And the thing is, if I had the boyfriend living with me, that's a different story. I don't yes. care how many dishes I make at that point because he's fucking washing them. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, he doesn't mind washing them because he's like, I get a three-course meal in the middle of the week. Fuck yeah. Sign me up. Do the thing. Yeah, I don't care. Right? It's fun. Yeah. It's cool. Um, so, like, it's a mutual thing where it's like, you're doing a thing that I fucking hate doing cooking and, mm -hmm. and he's doing, and he's like, and I'm, and I'm telling him you're doing a thing I absolutely loathe doing. So you know, yeah. we figured it out. But if I'm by myself, I really, really don't want to go down that road. So what I started doing was that I got a bunch of um, identical uh, deli tainers from Amazon. Mm -hmm. I think um, like a 30, six pack or 18 pack or some bullshit they're, they're so cheap yeah they're cheap um and my issue with doing it the aesthetic way is that i'm not about to break my bank on mason jars um because during pandemic you couldn't find them for love or money anyway because everybody was making making sauerkraut and sourdough. sure yeah which is great that's fine but yeah no great any mason jars i didn't have it so it's like i'm first off mason jars aren't happening because they're expensive um but secondly, they weren't available, so okay, fine. Um, but 
Also, I wasn't about to spend a fortune on those really fancy glass containers that, you know, you can put your lunch in with the fucking dividers. And it's like, listen, here's the thing. If yeah. I make the same thing and have to pack that away into boxes to take every day of the week to work mm-hmm. or whatever, I'm going to very quickly grow bored of that thing by day three. Right. I can yeah. almost guarantee it. Um, because that's all I have for lunch every single day. And I'm just like, I'd rather eat a bag of chips, to be honest, because fuck this. So what I started doing was using the deli tainers to prep parts of a meal. So I would saute off like six or seven onions at the same time on on the back burner and just let it Mm -hmm. park and do its own thing. And that's going to take a good 45 minutes to an hour and a half. Yeah. I mean, because you want really, really salt. Really salt. And the reason I say this is because whenever you see a recipe book that says to saute the onions for five minutes and it'll be done. <sighs> yeah. Right. Um, because it doesn't take five minutes to saute a pound of onions. It takes a, much, a lot longer time and I don't necessarily need them to be brown and all the way reduced or anything. I just want them to have flavor and that's going to take some time. You're not going to get that flavor in 10 minutes. You're not going to get that flavor in 20 minutes. You need no. at least 45 minutes to an hour and a half on low. I, I, I'm rolling my eyes because uh, one of the bean recipes very specifically asks for meal pour. Okay. Right? And so I'm like, okay, I've never done this, but it just that's all the instructions it has. So I'm like looking up on the internet, and they're like, yeah, just saute everything together for like three minutes. And I'm like, that is not enough mm-hmm. time to soften a fucking carrot. No, no, no. The celery is no. still going to be crunchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, yes, I'm going to be putting it into basically a bean soup, but sure. Still, that's not no. no. For for like a mirepoix or like a sofrito or something like that, you need to give it some time to really yeah. sweat. Oh yeah, and, and develop. Um, and so the onions go in the back burner doing their own thing. Then I started doing this thing that I like to call garlic confit where it's um, you buy the pre-peeled garlic, which, mm-hmm. you know, blah, 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 pre-peeled garlic, whatever, because you need a lot of it. That's the thing. You yeah. can't get yeah. away with just one head's worth of garlic for this situation because you're making a shitload of it. So what you do is that you get the pre-peeled garlic. I get, like, the four-ounce container, and you completely submerge it in oil. And I do this once every month or so because that's about how long it takes me to get through it. Um, and, again, park it on low heat, back burner, let it go 45 minutes to an hour. And that's just going to yeah. do I mean, because it's a confit. You, you don't do confit, confit in five no. minutes. Yeah. You don't do it in five minutes. It's going to take a long time. And it's whole garlic. You don't chop it up. You don't do nothing. You just let it park, do its own right. thing. And what that's going to do is that the garlic is going to turn from this hard, harsh thing into an almost liquid that's barely contained by that leathery roasted Which skin on the outside that forms. The, I love it when it's like that's like when it's spreadable. Yes, when it's spreadable. You, yeah. you you squish it onto a piece of bread and it just spreads. Yeah. No yeah. resistance left. Now that oil is going to be perfumed with that garlic. Like you're going to get that that oh, serious yeah. garlic flavor without yeah. having that harsh bite of the garlic. Fine. Then on um, the in the oven goes some cauliflower, some broccoli, um, some potatoes, you know, some like random whatever other veggies I have lying around that I want to just roast up to have just to have. Um, then um, on on the 
on the rice cooker, I've got a pot of rice going. And then on the mm-hmm. front burner, I'll have a pound of pasta going. And I know this is not the ideal way to cook pasta, but what I'll do is that I'll take it to about 50% done, toss it in oil right. and just let it cool down and put it away. Reason being is that I don't want to get out a gallon of water for pasta every time during that week. So I'm going to boil like a couple of pounds of pasta, 50%, save some of the pasta water um, in another little deli tainer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then just put it away. And then and, and and I know you're not supposed to toss it in oil when it's done, but the thing is I don't want it to stick and get gross. Well, yeah, yeah. And to be honest, the reason that I'm saving some of the pasta water is because I'm going to do that combiny thing in the middle of the week anyway, but that's a one-pot situation. It's not a multi-pot. And, if you, and on the other hand, I mean, you have that beautiful flavored oil to Correct. toss it in. Which is why it's there. Correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So then um, I'll also do um, uh, on another one, um, and this is something that I've gotten addicted to because it's it's way more delicious than it has any right to be. Um, I'll boil off some like turnips or daikon or chayote or whatever other vegetables. Oh, my God. Know, yes. Yes. Just to have, because the thing is, is like if I take the sautéed onions, the garlic confit, the oil or the garlic, um, some some pasta or some rice or whatever, um, mm-hmm. and then add in some of these boiled vegetables, add in some of these roasted vegetables. Either I can do it like a bowl where, you know, grain, yeah. protein, sides, whatever, or I can make a five-minute soup, you know, throw in some of the pasta water, throw in some of these veggies, throw in some of the whatever else. It's all together within three to five minutes, which is the beauty of that scenario yeah and the thing is is like i'm not bored of eating the same fucking thing every single day and i haven't messed up my entire kitchen making dinner yeah no bonus bonus i can literally do this in the microwave if i want to and i've done this before where um what you do is that and and this is why i saved some of that pasta water because it's already starchy it's already got this like the body to it yeah yeah you add some of your sauteed onions you add some of your um uh, squishy garlic and a few drops of the oil um you add some like a can of beans whatever like 99 cents get a few cans of beans dump it in there um add some veggies from your from your horn shove it in the microwave five minutes later it's done so i yeah i've started doing a thing for my lunches and now i have the same lunch every day right Because I'm trying to maintain a certain level of consistency over things like liver and pancreas right. and et cetera and et cetera. Blood sugar and right. Right. Um, and I found that by being very consistent with my lunch, at least that one that I have control over can make it so it's not monotonous and I have the right. same thing every day. And two, um, then maybe I don't have as, I might have something for dinner, but like, a communal thing i don't have to have as much right and what i do is i take i i you're gonna yell at me about this <laughs> just saying right now um so on on grocery day i have ursula buy me four bags of salad okay okay yeah just just like the bare bones stuff yeah you know lettuce maybe some carrots yeah. Uh, God, if the ones with the snow peas are in stock, get me the one with the snow peas. Um, those stay in. You know the what's funny? Hmm. Alexis does the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what I Alexis doesn't do is then on Sunday what I do is I I bought the fancy containers for this because I only needed four, right? So I've got four. Um, 
two quart. That doesn't sound right. That sounds too big. With the like, big ass honkers. Yeah. Um, Pyrex with the lids. Yes. And then I sit down and I crack open. This is the part you me about. I crack open two cans of chickpeas. Okay. Drain and rinse. Okay. Good, good, good. Put a portion into each bowl. Smart. Crack open two cans of artichoke. Oh, sounds delicious. Yes. All, right? all, all on board. Yes. Drain those. Put them in there. If I can get the artichoke bottoms, mm-hmm. chop those up and then put them in. Sure. But it's only one grocery store choke bottoms in a can. Um, <laughs> and I'm guessing they don't sell them frozen. No, they don't sell them frozen. Um, okay. And then two cans of baby corn. Okay. Chop it up. Mm-hmm. If it isn't pre-cut, and I found a place where I can get like bulk, like a case of cans of of cut baby corn, I'm just like, hook me up, um, fucking Yahtzee, let's go. <laughs> yeah, and then two, two, there are these um, uh, spice beets in jars. Uh, okay. In them, put them in the thing. Ursula yells at it thinks the gross, but uh, maybe two uh, baby kosher dills. Oh, yeah, all in. Yeah, right, 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 right. Um, Trying to think of what else that usually goes in. Okay, those four containers, they get sealed up, they go in the fridge. Mm -hmm. Then I take eight hard-boiled eggs. Yes. Because eggs may be a thing we have a lot of. (laughs) And I've committed to eating two a day just to try to keep up. Yeah, I took six out of the coop this morning. Woof. Yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, I have one of those egg slicers. You know the egg slicer? Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes, yes. Slice it once, turn it 90 degrees, slice it. Right? Yeah. Just another container that's nothing but chopped eggs like that. Perfect. Right? And then um, I have a box of, I buy the, the box, you know the packets of Italian dressing? Mm-hmm. You add oil, you add vinegar, you shake. Yeah, the, the, they come in the fancy little bottle or whatever that, that came Well, yeah, with. no, I on Amazon, you can get 10 packs of just the packets. Okay. <laughs> I mix four of those suckers up in a mason jar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Put that in the fridge, right? Yeah. Lunchtime comes around, I get my big fucking bowl. Yeah. Dump in a bag of salad. Dump in a thing of veggies. Mm-hmm. About a quarter of the thing of, uh, of eggs. I grab the pre-made bag of croutons. Croutons are such okay. a pain in the ass to make, right? They are such a pain in the ass, yes, they Put are. Put some of those in, and then there's, like, this this crunchy salad topper with, like, sesame seeds and Yeah, and pumpkin stuff. seeds yeah. and sunflower seeds and, and shit. And, yeah. yeah, I love that shit. Put some of that on, or on some of the salad dressing, done. It takes, like, four minutes to make my lunch. And then I sit there and I work and just shove salad in my mouth. <laughs> But I None of this I, sounds bad. Right. Okay, great. I thought you'd be like, well, no, the least you could do is, like, you know, bake your own artichokes. But, uh, <laughs> fuck that noise. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. Oh, I know. I know. And if I'm going to artichokes, I mean, I'm going to get the Parmesan. I'm going to get the breadcrumbs. I'm going to yeah. stuff that sucker. Then I'm, I'm going to roast them up right. But then that's a several-hour process, which... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a quickie salad. And to be yeah. honest, uh, my friend came over for... Um, wine o'clock because we hadn't seen each other in a year and we f- both finally got vaccinated so we're like Ooh, yeah have wine um 
uh, yes, I got vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated. I'm seeing friends again now. So like, I don't have to do this to the same level. Yeah. She came over and I was like, why don't we do some nibbly things and watch Julia Child um, on YouTube? <laughs> And she was like, that sounds like the best plan ever. So I got a couple of bottles of Prosecco, got a couple of bottles of uh, Vigna Verde, which is um, one of my favorite white wines is Vigna Verde. Yes. It's a Portuguese wine. Um, shoved them in the fridge. And then before she came over, I shoved a bag of frozen artichokes in the microwave for a couple of minutes to newcomb. Yeah. Um, and I don't know when I became that bougie bitch who's buying fucking frozen artichokes from Whole Foods on delivery, no less. <laughs> <laughs> but I just happened to have them in my freezer. I'm not even joking. They were already there. Um, and then like I had some Jordan cucumbers and like some cherry tomatoes and some fucking, um, a couple of different kinds of hummus that I made. Um, and like, uh, some pita bread that I got from a local bakery. Um, and, uh, some capers and some pickles and, uh, you know, some basil leaves and, uh, lime wedges and i was like seems like a good snack right <laughs> yeah no, no i'm i'm on board i'm on board all i'm and thinking is like, all, the the one piece that's missing as far as i'm like okay you've got basil you've got tomato all you need is mozzarella and right boom there you are right <laughs> but that's not my life <laughs> right right um but literally and, everything else was like there yeah. Um, and we were going to get up at some point and you know cobble together a lunch or a dinner or something but we just kept nibbling and didn't stop <laughs> so, like, <laughs> for several hours that day. We're sitting on our asses drinking wine, watching Julia and Jacques on YouTube and like nibbling on like the stupid little meze platter type of situation. So like I am all about these convenience things where it's like, yeah, you throw a couple of things together. It feels like a much nicer meal than it actually started off as. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because let's be honest, bag salad is nothing to write home about, but you throw some artichoke hearts on there, you throw some, you know, mm-hmm, nice mm-hmm. little frills on there, and now it becomes something you low-key look forward to eating. Yeah. And and Hobbs loves it because he likes to come try and steal um, lettuce from my salad. <laughs> <laughs> little bastard. Uh, is, is, where, is, he, is he even nearby? No. You you remember how small he was the last time we talked? Yes. It's been about a year. Yeah. Now, he is he is on par with is Sergey asleep up there? Uh, Sergey's asleep on his in in his on top of the. I'll move the camera for you. So so if you can you see oh, the cat bed? Yes. Yeah. It's, so yeah, it's right next to the ceiling. I call that Sergey's uh, Tower of Solitude. Um, and I'm and, sure he loves uh, it. Yes, and that way he can look down on everybody else. But. Uh, um, Hobbs and Shaw are now Sergei-sized. Woof. They're not even a year old yet. Ursula's like, they're done growing, right? And I'm like, no. (laughs) She's like, no, they're done growing. I'm like, no, they've they've got time. And she's like, no. She's looking at Wikipedia, and she's like, 18 months to three years before they stop growing. I'm like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Got a pair of bruisers here, very sorry to say. But... (laughs) Large chickens, large cats. <laughs> well, now, yeah, well, with the cushions, the cushions are going to be big, round, round chickens. Yes. <laughs> except so that was, yeah, go ahead. The bantams. I was going to say, except the bantams, which are going to be little round tater tot sized ones. That's um, adorable. Yes. Yes. Um, 
but the cats are going to be big chonkers. Yeah. Yeah. Big bruisers. And, uh, and also, you know, again, uh, I'm actually going to do it before I went out for tater tot. Cause you know, yeah. Yeah. The hawk got her a couple months ago and Oof. yeah. Yeah. I don't think we talked about that one too much on the show. Um, I, I'm starting to take chicken deaths as a little more. Yeah, this is a thing that happens, and I, I don't know sure. if I need to have the internet tell me how sorry they are for me, especially if you know we get like if they're just dropping dead because they're chickens, which happens. Uh, sure, sure. Every time, yeah. They're they're not quite on the level of pets. Well, Tater Tot was getting there. I think Lorge is. Whether whether okay. I intended... Lorge was supposed to be... like Lorge was a co-worker for the longest mm-hmm. time, and then as he got older and with his broken foot and not dealing well with the cold weather, I'm like, dude, I feel you on that one. <laughs> you know? Cold days, his knee doesn't work right anymore, and I'm just like, yeah, no. Preach, buddy. Yeah, preach. This, is, this is way too relatable. <laughs> I'm not sure how comfortable I am with this relatableness. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Becky with the good feathers and her mm-hmm. uh, and her her horrific injury to her back that is almost healed now. That was quick. Yeah, well, that's right. what happens with chickens, right? Like it's been three weeks; she's almost regrown all the skin on her back. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if she gets a cold, she's gonna drop dead because that's sharp. Sure. Right? Uh, what we would consider a minor, fun- minor fungal infection is, is you know, uh, pneumonia to a chicken. But mm-hmm. tear off half the skin on her back. She's like, and like, oh my god! <laughs> I'll shake it off. It's fine. You know, she was she. I I, I had her in in a cage yeah. just outside my window, so I could keep an eye on her yeah. um, during the day. And after a point, she was just like, I don't want to get out of the cage and, <laughs> unless unless you're taking me over to the other chickens. And no, she would be like fighting me to go back into where she has to go to sleep and then right. fighting me when I had to put her in the thing because she's like, I don't want to be out here in this cage under observation. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you're better. So, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, we got a, We got a, We got a hen apron on her and uh, and put her in with with Lorge. And uh, and Buffy and the babies, and she's doing fine now. So and he'll keep an eye on anything untoward. Yeah, and he's he's not spry enough to be untoward towards her anymore. <laughs> so, which is why you're kind of like this is a little too relatable. Well, I was going to say, but then like the other day, I heard the sounds of. Oh, folks, you're about you're in for a treat now. So I I know what chicken orgasm sounds like these days, <laughs> and I, I hear it, and I turn around, and here's Lorge getting up, and then out from underneath him comes one of the young hens from last year. I think it was uh, Morticia. And aside from the fact that like he completely engulfs her when she's doing this and she gets up and she shakes like yeah that was it was it good for you too and just struts <laughs> off and i'm like oh dude you know and so now you know <laughs> i mean i'm used to it because i i like walk outside and it's just like all right let's let's come outside and there'd be like <laughs> Ninja and Monique just like right there going at it. I'm like, right. 
y'all, you know, look out my window. There's uh, Ninja's the player, let me tell you, because I'll look out the window and there's Ninja and Amelia. Um, or Ninja, or uh, not strong independent very often. Strong independent. She she likes the occasional man, but she's much more down with the hens. And uh, she doesn't need no man. That's why she's a strong yeah, independent chicken. Well, no, that's 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 how she got her name. I looked at her and said, just, uh, "Yeah, we what we have here is a strong independent chicken that doesn't need no rooster." <laughs> Isn't she the chicken who adopted you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I recall yeah. this. I have. I have <laughs> only ever seen her just be like, "Take me now to one rooster." Mm-hmm. Large. That's it. That's it. Like she saw him the, when he first came to live with us, and we had him in the the coop by himself, and he's up there, and she just took one look at him, and she went straight into sexy pancake mode. And I'm like, oh damn. <laughs> Wonder where this is going. <laughs> at, at one when when we had to separate them, we had to split the flock because because um, no one could go in. The only one that could go in with Lord is me, and that still seems to be the case. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, like early on, she like came out, strutted her way around to where the gate was. I had to mm-hmm. open the gate for her. She immediately went into Lord's sexy pancake, so they could do their business. And then she's like, all right, got up and like came right back out. I'm like, conjugal visit? Um, well, he's in jail. <laughs> now he's got his flock with his ladies. Yes. And he's helping Buffy take care of the children. And it's, oh, wow, it's really dark out there. I'm going to have to go put them away or close some coops. But Do you, do you want to take five? And uh, Yeah, we can, we can take five. Now, if I do this, here's the cool part. We'll be back in a, in a moment, folks. I mean, it won't be really a moment for you, but it'll be for us. And we'll be back next week with the rest of that discussion, picking up after I, I believe that was the put chickens away break. So, yeah. Um, in the meantime, I have a word. I have a word. I have a word. You have a word. Yes. What's your word? Our word this week is fridge detective. All one word. Fridge detective. Okay. You haven't listened to the interview, no. but one of the things we talk about is the Reddit group R Fridge Detectives, where people just post a photo of the in of what's inside their fridge, and people have to guess like about the person without like researching them or anything like that. Interesting. And he uses that with his English language students as a, a way to get conversations going. And so that they can practice their English. Ah, cool. Yeah. Um, at least it wasn't, I didn't say water bottle this time. And I'm sure everybody can, yeah. So there's that. 
All that being said, though, yes, uh, you go to productivityalchemy.com, you enter fridge detective in the badge code, all one word, no spaces, and it will give you the badge. badge. Yes. And if you want to find out more about badges, what they are, how to collect them, why you should, uh, also go to productivityalchemy.com and it will explain everything. It will? Yes. Now, the other thing that you'll find on productivityalchemy.com is a link that says uh, support. Yes. Don't give us money. Yeah. You you could give us money by clicking that link, but honestly, we would prefer you not give us money. We're doing fine. Yep. Uh, everything is good, and uh, even if we suddenly go bankrupt, there should be enough tomatoes to keep us afloat for uh, until the second coming. For, for so, a while, yeah. Yes. Uh, so so uh, we would rather you give money to a charity. Yes, What's and charity? Dino's charity is Trans Lifeline. We're we're absolutely you know, you rocking know? and rolling that one. Yeah, yeah, no, there. I think it's a, a very important charity. I think it's great that so many people are saying yes. Please, let's make that our charity for the week. Um, and uh, also, since it's Pride. It's an important time to remember that, you know, the parades and all of that, there's still a lot of kids out there who are in need of services like Trans Lifeline. Yes, there and not of, just kids, yeah. honestly. Yeah, um, and adults and things like that. But yeah. uh, uh, I'm, I'm more than happy to continue to support them, at least for this two weeks. Absolutely. And we will, you know, go from there. So, yeah, uh, kick them some money. They do great work. And... Mm -hmm. uh, we we absolutely back their mission yep. to make life easier for trans people. And yep. uh, and then in the meantime, if you really have to support us, uh, share it with friends. Tell people about it. Like us on Facebook. Write Kevin an email. Yes. He loves that. I do. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's it's a thing. It's a thing. And, you know, you might show up on the next letter show, which is in a couple of weeks. Yes. Wow, already. Um, Time flies. Yeah, no, that's it. That's it. I'm saying um a lot tonight. It's all right. Yeah? Yeah, if you don't yeah. say um, you sound like a talking head. This is not my beautiful house. This certainly is my beautiful wife. Aww. Anyway. So, uh, on yeah. that note... Thank you all for listening. We will see you next week when we will talk to Dino some more. And in the meantime, do your best to uh, stay productive. Normally I say something clever here, but I got nothing. Nothing? nothing. Nothing. I'll work on that for the next week. Okay. <laughs>